Hello and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Sammy Fitchbein. And for those of you who are just tuning in, the Betches Sup Podcast is your weekly rundown of all the crazy shit that's happened in the news, explained by your two funniest friends, which is us. Of course it is. Okay, let's do some like business before we get into the yeah. news. Okay. Business before pleasure. Business before pleasure. <laughs> is it pleasure? We don't know. It it's pleasure. It's like <laughs> a sick twisted pleasure. Okay, so our stickers, our screenshots for stickers giveaway is still ongoing. Mm-hmm. And it seems like people, no matter how many times we say it, don't necessarily understand the rules of the game. Okay. Which is basically to get the stickers, which we will mail to you, all you have to do is take a screenshot of anything from the SUP. That means the email, mm-hmm. the podcast, the sub siesta, and then tag us in it. Write us some praise. You don't that that's not required, but yeah. like you should. Um, but it is then, just weird to post it kind of with nothing. Right. I, my my personal thing is like someone who does. You know, we work for a media company. Is that it doesn't really make sense to post it without including some sort of praise. Praise. Yes, and, <laughs> and the tag that you need to do the tag so we know that you actually posted it. Okay. Then once you've done that, DM us at Betches underscore sup, your mailing address. And then within the next few days, our assistant will get back to you telling you there are stickers on the way mm-hmm. and she will mail them to you. And then you can do us the favor of posting those on your Instagram <laughs> story again. That's not part of the rules, but the you first could. step is. You but if you can. look at our Insta story, you'll see that this system has worked time and time again. Many people have received the stickers. We're sending them out. It's not a ruse. But you do have to tag us because we don't we don't just see all Insta stories and you do. You must tell us where to send them. Yeah, that's kind of the critical step. Yes. Like once you've gone to all this effort, just do that. Okay. Yes. The other thing is we mentioned the sub siesta. Yes. For those of you who don't know, that is a three minute daily news rundown daily, meaning Monday to Thursday um, on our Instagram TV, IGTV, which you can see on our profile or on the IGTV app. If you want to be that extra about it, Um, you just watch it. It's really entertaining. We give you the news like real quick. It's like a nice little afternoon break from your hellish workscape to hear about the hellish newscape. Exactly. And it's like really quick. A lot of times it covers stuff that happened after we recorded the podcast or little things that didn't make it into the podcast. So it's a good addendum to what you're already listening to right now. It's just another way to like stare at our beautiful faces and get information. And hear our beautiful voices. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So with that, we should get into it. Elise, what's getting you through the week? Uh, Okay. So, Obviously, the big news of the week has been the Brett Kavanaugh hearings, but there have actually been other hearings that are happening. Crazily enough, also in the Senate, there has been a hearing at the Senate Intelligence Committee about Facebook and Twitter and their role in like the 2016 election, all of that jam. It's been like, I mean, it's not as dramatic as the Kavanaugh hearings, but it was dramatic enough. Like Google didn't show up. And so they left a uh, an empty chair out to represent Google. No one's really talking about that. No. Google always seems to skate on by. It yeah. might be because they're manipulating the Google results results well so this (laughs) so this gets into what's been getting me through the week which is that alex jones conspiracy theorist psychopath yeah like like human eight ball or whatever (laughs) uh he has been front row center at all these hearings because his big thing is that he's like oh like 
everybody's silencing me like they're not letting me spread my conspiracy theories and like they're not letting me harass the victims of sandy hook anymore like this is again like the free speech like i should be able to harass shooting victims that's his whole thing facebook banned him twitter put him so twitter didn't ban him which is like a whole thing but they did like suspend his account for a couple of days for violating the rules So he's very upset and he's very upset about this issue of conservatives being shadow banned, having their content pushed down in the algorithm. So it's like, I just rolled my eyes so hard that they broke. Yeah, (laughs) it's his, it's this idea that they're not going to like take your account down, but they're going to push your stuff down in the algorithm so much that it's like you essentially didn't. It's, it's the shadow ban of conservatives. Well, maybe if you stopped publishing false shit, yeah, we wouldn't, or they fake. right your shit is fake it's, it's a lie it's all conspiracy alex jones alex jones is so fucking annoying because i literally just want to be like remember that case about how you can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater yeah that is you that is who mm-hmm. you are you are just constantly yelling fire in a crowded movie theater and then sandy hook victims are getting trampled all over because exactly. of the danger you created exactly he's just like the government doesn't want you to know that this movie theater is on fire, but it is, it is. <laughs> That's like him. So right. he confronted, there's an amazing video. He's front row center in all of these hearings. Then Marco Rubio. How did he get into the hearings? I, how is he let into any building at all? Not even government buildings. I mean, truly like, a chipotle why would you let him in <laughs> i have a question is this alex jones the character or alex jones the man so <laughs> that's another important because in his lawsuit his custody lawsuit with his wife he was like there's alex jones the character and alex jones the man and it's like well alex jones the character sucks ass. <laughs> alex jones the character and alex jones the man are like a venn diagram that's actually just a circle yeah exactly they're definitely the same person but i do love just like saying anything bad you do being like oh uh, that was elise morales the character <laughs> <laughs> sorry that was my stage presence yeah <laughs> being an asshole to you so alex jones runs into marco rubio talking to the press outside of this hearing during a break and alex jones just starts going in on him he's like what do you think about shadow banning conservatives and marco rubio starts doing this thing in the video that is very interesting to me where he starts he starts basically pulling an I don't know her. Like, he's like, I don't know who you are, man. And he just keeps saying that. He's like, I don't know who this guy is. That just can't be true. Like, Marco Rubio is a Republican senator. He's on the Intelligence Committee and during these Facebook hearings. They he, have the same base. Like, their Instagram followers probably overlap by, like, 90%. He, he knows who Alex Jones is. He doesn't have to respect him or believe his whatever, but he doesn't know who he is. He he does know who he is. So he's like saying he doesn't know him, which I do think is like a very funny, like shady thing for him to do for him to just be like, I don't know you, man. I don't know you. And then there's this crazy moment where Alex Jones like pats Marco Rubio on the shoulder and Rubio is like, don't ever touch me, man. Don't ever touch me. And it almost you're, you're almost like are Alex Jones and Marco Rubio gonna fight like <laughs> that would be incredible it would be insane personally i do think that alex jones is like so roided out that i would not fight him like i think that he's like very um i Dangerous. feel like yeah i feel like he's on like human growth hormone and like crazy shit like <laughs> yeah like many me- like pounds of he's adderall like yeah i i would not 
I, I think he would definitely beat the shit out of Marco Rubio in a fight. So I wouldn't fight him if I was Marco Rubio. But either way, so then Marco Rubio is like, don't touch me, man. And Alex Jones is like, what, are you going to have me arrested? And then Marco Rubio is like, I'll handle you myself. Oh my and God. then Alex Jones is like, Marco Rubio just threatened to assault me. And it's like, it's such a perfect example of like just where the Republican Party is, which is like Marco Rubio is trying to make his like wishwashy statement about free speech. And then he has a crazy person who's essentially on his side, like being like, you're trying to fight me, man. Like, what about like, and it's just. It's, it's beautiful. Like, it's like a microcosm of what's going on yeah. in general right yeah. now. Yeah, it's literally like it is basically like the Republican Party in one like minute and a half long video. <laughs> so you know, true. Is that that is literally so true. And that's what's getting me through the week. Sammy, what's been getting you through the week? Um, So Kim Kardashian wow. is back on her criminal justice reform bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, she, as you may remember, she got. Um, I think she was 63-year-old Alice Marie Johnson released from prison, and now she is working on another case, this time for 30-year-old Chris Young, who is currently in jail on a life sentence for marijuana and cocaine possession. Um, I was like, how the fuck did she even find these people? Is it like a lottery? Is this going to become a game show? (laughs) Yeah, oh, it's like the Hunger Games. Like, they pull your number, and then Kim Kardashian will talk to Trump about you. (laughs) Yeah, right. That's like literally what it sounds like. But it turns out that she, that he has this uh, same law, the same representation as Alice Marie Johnson. So that makes more sense. Um, basically his Good crimes, for everyone who got that fucking lawyer just like out of nowhere. That's it's the like, lottery. I know that is the lottery. So Chris Young um, was convicted was I think he had three strikes against him. First was for possession of cocaine, marijuana and a weapon. Um, later that year he was convicted of possession of less than half a gram of cocaine and marijuana. And then his third strike which required a mandatory life sentence was a 2010 drug bust where he was like involved in it but he wasn't like central to it. Like he was just like sort of on the periphery. Um, And it turns out that the judge in that case said that he was one of the least culpable people in the conspiracy, but that he had to get had the longest sentence because of his prior convictions. Mm -hmm. And this guy has a really hard life. Like his brother died. His, his, he was homeless, like on and off. It's just like not a, it's one of those like classic, I would say like inner city, bad, you know, upbringing situations where it's like, they can't really get out of the circumstances. Yeah. And you know, turn to drugs and that sort of I thing. I mean, they so. talk about how this kind of stuff is cyclical, that if you're born yeah. in like poverty, is cyclical, all this stuff, if you're born into this situation, it's right, they just difficult don't have, to get out. They're just not going to get into the same types of trouble as like white kids would. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's just, Again, I think whatever Kim Kardashian, whatever you think of her, I'm glad that she is like calling attention to these these cases. And I would hope that people would look at them and realize that there there are certain populations in America that are kind of trapped in this. And rather than convicting them on insane life sentences and then having them go in and out of jail for their whole life when you're like 18. Yeah. Right. When they're like 18 and, you know, have like half a gram of marijuana that, you know, hopefully they will you know, eventually my hope would be that it would lead to some like prison criminal justice reform and like repeal of mandatory minimums that are completely unfair to minorities. Yeah. I mean, no shade to Kim for getting involved in this. I also wonder, I don't know if you saw, but like it was maybe like a week and a half ago that Kim Kardashian was like, I just started listening to cereal. Has anyone heard of this? Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, I wonder, she's like really on like a criminal justice kick. Well, her father was famous lawyer. Famous lawyer. That's yeah. true. So 
Yeah. Um, Good for you, Kim. I'm glad that, you know, just one person at a time. I know I would fucking be tweeting at you every day from oh jail. Oh, my God. If, yeah. if I knew you were doing this. Exactly. I mean, it's like, on the one hand, it's like, yeah, it's great what she's doing. I agree with it 100%. Use your platform, do all that stuff. But it's also like, I wish that i wish our other sisters would do it too we could get we could much get more, more we efficient. could do we could do a bunch more we could get six people yeah. at once instead of just <laughs> just one of just one and also i wish that like our government would maybe take a look at some of this stuff like we can't just have kim kardashian lobby for each of these people one at a time like that's not how this is gonna go down well but that's where we are right now that is where we are right now let's get into the main news because we have a big big story Uh, and that is the new york times op-ed that was released yesterday by an anonymous writer titled i am part of the resistance inside the trump administration and basically this was written by someone we'll we'll speculate who in a Mm -hmm. minute um where he basically he i assume basically says that people in the administration are actively working to undermine donald trump Mm -hmm. and everything he's doing this comes later in the week after the excerpts of the Bob Woodward book, yes. which I pre-ordered. Which and which kind of like underscore the same thing, which is that like all, everyone who works with Trump kind of thinks he's an idiot. They've got Don Mc, or who was it? Gary Cohn taking papers. There's a, there's a thing in Woodward's book where he says that Gary Cohn like literally just removed a paper from Trump's desk that he was going to sign to pull us out of NAFTA, and then like Trump forgot about it because he's literally like that. Yeah, stupid. Yeah, so I'm going to read some excerpts. Okay. Um, basically, this is early in the in the op-ed. The dilemma, which Trump does not fully grasp, is that many of the senior officials in his own administration are working diligently from within to frustrate parts of his agenda and his worst inclinations. I would know I am one of them. Then they go on to say, to describe what goes on in this administration. Mm-hmm. He says, meetings with him veer off topic and off the rails. He engages in repetitive rants and his impulsiveness results in half-baked, ill-informed, and occasionally reckless decisions that have to be walked back. Just have to say, when you put it in such like sober terms, yeah, it like almost makes you feel like it's normal, but it's not. It's not. Yeah. It's not yeah so there's literally no telling whether he might change his mind from one minute to the next a top official complained to me recently exasperated by an oval office meeting at which the president flip-flopped on a major policy decision he'd make only a week earlier i would like to guess what that is but there are so many that i literally cannot i don't i honestly think that he has like the memory of a goldfish like i don't think i don't think he has any connection like of any kind to like what he's doing and saying at any given moment so it's like he tweets out something where he's like we're banning trans people from the military and then he like forgets that he did that like three weeks later you know right well they say that he's completely not tied to any sort of principle yes and that's what everyone has always said about him that's what like any person who's known him throughout his life if you watch that like netflix like trump and american dream thing that's what all of his people say too is like he doesn't have like a system of beliefs that he is like in touch like in touch with or tying to anything his only system of belief is like donald trump attention and attention yeah Yeah, so it says, the erratic behavior would be more concerning if it weren't for unsung heroes in and around the White House. Some of his aides have been cast as villains by the media, but in private, they have gone to great lengths to keep bad decisions contained to the West Wing, though they are clearly not always successful. It may be cold comfort in this chaotic era, but Americans should know that there are adults in the room. Okay, let's, those are kind of like, that's the main gist. You guys can read it on the New York Times.com. Um... (sighs) 
I have a it lot does, of feelings. Me about too. This. this pisses me off yeah. so much. You go first. Okay. So first things first is if you like another thing that like they're doing in this is they're like, but also we've gotten like, we've gotten to pass all these great parts of his conservative agenda, like deregulating such and such. And I'm like, okay, so I like, I'm not, you're not my hero. And you can tell through the whole thing that this person is like really proud of themselves. So fucking self-righteous. And it's like, if you're really that important in the administration, come out and say this to the American people and put your fucking name to it and like actually put yourself on the line in some actual realistic way instead of just being like, well, obviously the president is a lunatic who is dangerous and doesn't can't pr- process complex information, but we got we really want to pass the tax cut. Like, no, I'm not impressed by that. And second of all, another thing that they like mention in this article is that they considered the 25th Amendment, which says that like top officials can like start enacting impeachment processes from within, which is like in our constitution. And I was saying this to Sammy off air. Believe it or not, we talk off air. And yeah, <laughs> very crazy. rarely. Um, but it's they're like, oh, we wanted to enact the 25th Amendment, but that would be a constitutional crisis. And I'm like, no, no. it's not. It's actually not. That's actually the constitutional process that is listed. It would be crazy. It would be insane. It would be unprecedented for sure. But the 25th Amendment is actually in the Constitution as a process to deal with this. What's a constitutional crisis is that top aides, unelected people who nobody fucking voted for, are operating a shadow government to, to that we're, but that's based on just like taking papers off the president's desk and then like tricking him because he's an idiot. Right, like that is the that is banana republic shit. Yeah, like, like that is actually like so fucked up. <laughs> yeah, and okay, that yes, that is like very much a point. What I find particularly cowardly about this mm-hmm. and so infuriating is that it's like, okay, you're saying this country is in danger. We're trying to stop the country from being in danger. It's like, okay, well, it's not that fucking hard. All you have to do is is come out against him. Yeah. You're allowing the danger. You're, you're saying there is danger and we're trying to stop the danger while perpetuating the danger by not actually doing anything. And also, and, yeah, yeah, wait, you finish your thing and then I'm like, so what this, what this just does make clear is that m- I would say, I don't want to give a percentage, but many, many sane people around him, Republicans included, are aware of what's going on yes. and see the writing on the wall, see how dangerous he is, see how the country is actually not in favor of him in terms of the solid majority. And yet they continue to do this. It's like yeah. you have the power. You are the ones with the power. And it's like you you have we're going to get to Brett Kavanaugh in a second, but it's like Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski, who were kind of like the two Republicans on the fence deciding whether or not he, Brett Kavanaugh will be confirmed. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you see that the country is clearly, clearly wants another way. You're allegedly supposed to represent them. And it's very clear what people really want and what is what is okay and what is dangerous. And yet you're all just like sitting back and yeah. doing absolutely nothing about it. Like yeah. do fucking something. Why don't they even have a conversation and be like, okay, what this president is doing is not what is actually the, de- the desires of the people yeah. and it's dangerous and it's unconstitutional. The way he is, is just completely out of bounds. It's also, I agree with you 100%. And it's also like, if you game it out, we're really all of this. The whole reason they're not standing up to him and all this stuff is just to save face and not look bad because let's say they enact the 25th amendment. Mike Pence becomes president and they still get to do their Republican agenda shit that they wanted to do. They just don't like their agenda 
is not in immediate jeopardy if he is impeached or 25th amendmented or whatever, because then Mike Pence becomes the president and they get to do their agenda. The Republican party's reputation is at stake. So they they might have trouble with their base. People might not get reelected, but like the, the, what they're, they're like literally leveraging their own reputations in the immediate moment over like everything. And they're acting like it's about like, Oh, well we can't, we don't want to lose all the great policies because it's like you won't Mike Pence would be the president, right? It's like, if you want to save your own reputation, get on the right fucking side of yeah. things because everyone sees everyone sees except for this, like 30 fucking crazy percent of people who yeah. are on his side, who think his tweets are legitimate, who actually think that this person is sane and just get on the right side of things. It's like, it can all be stopped now. Like we can turn around who we are to the world and be like, you know what? We made a mistake. We're actually standing freedom now. Like, yeah, we JK like we realize our mistake we can undo it but they're like not stopping it like no. the more it goes the more it's gonna become like a detrimental situation this is like a very like craven attempt to basically like pre-save face when this administration eventually does go down well, they'll no be like one- like this person will come out and be like I wrote the op-ed. And then uh, I'm going to think that person's an asshole. Yeah, and I'm going to be like, okay, so you watched all of this go down and you did nothing and like you could have... Pre- like the, you can just tell throughout the whole thing how fucking impressed with themselves this person is who's writing it and I could not be less impressed with anyone if I tried. And honestly, I'm not even that impressed with the New York Times to be honest because I mean I get it it's like obviously a really juicy thing to publish and all that stuff they got a lot of clicks got a lot of clicks etc but like at the same time it's also like it's kind of providing this cover for people who do not deserve a cover they have not done anything if they remove a couple papers from Trump's fucking desk or like I don't know like right like Gary Cohn and Dina Powell are not in the administration why don't they write an op-ed under their own name I know exactly I don't know what they're doing they're taking papers off his desk bopping him on the nose to confuse him or whatever in the middle of a meeting (laughs) and just reset his brain he's like what happened and they're like oh you just did a great job mr president and then he like goes away so fucked up <laughs> like a shark yeah. <laughs> you just like yeah. tap him really hard on the nose and he gets really confused okay let's speculate over who wrote it yes okay, okay. three possibilities that i've heard so far yes. okay one is mike pence and or his speechwriter. i love the mike pence yeah. thing the theory here is because the of the use of the word lodestar which i can confidently say i've never used in my life never heard the word in my entire life heard it never used it I truly had never heard thought it, it was some sort of like intergalactic space galaxy word yeah. but apparently mike pence uses it a lot in speeches even before his speechwriter came on mm-hmm. i can imagine mike pence thinking he's like this highly righteous man yeah. and doing it i actually could picture it being mike pence i could but at the same time i also am like mike pence has never shown exactly any like initiative of any kind even to do something like weird and shady like this but maybe he found out that trump did something to him that was very personal and he wanted to get back at him mike pence is a shadowy snake yeah i mean i don't trust mike pence and i if mike i mean i'm not like i'm not like looking forward to mike pence being the president if all this shit went down handmaids get your outfits exactly like it it wouldn't be great i do think that donald trump is like a singularly dangerous and horrifying figure and so like when people are like i actually think pence is worse i'm like no No. because 
Pence. He's not going to like hit the nuclear button because he's bored. Yeah, exactly. Like Pence, Pence is horrible, but he's a horrible Republican. We've had horrible Republican presidents before. Donald Trump is like. Pence is like a normal individual, though, like somewhat like he would want to enact cybersecurity measures. He yeah. would agree that the Russians or any other country should not infiltrate our elections. Yeah. I think. I mean, I would fight his agenda tooth and nail every single second of his presidency. Like, don't get me wrong. But it also would be nice to know that we have a president who can process complex information. Right. That's like, a change. Who people don't think is like actively maybe suffering some sort of immediate mental decline. Like yeah. that would be like we're actually at the bar is so low at this point that it's like any Republican. At least Mike Pence isn't visibly deranged. And again, it kind of goes back to like me and Brian were talking about this on the Tuesday episode where it's like this administration forces you to stand for like people who you're like, I have, I don't like this person. Omarosa, Jeff Sessions, like all these weird people that I have to like, I honestly think Jeff Sessions is providing information to Mueller and we will find out about that eventually. Maybe Jeff Sessions wrote it. I considered that. Um, maybe, Maybe. I mean, I would be pretty pissed if the president think, was constantly fucking berating me on social media. I think it would be folksier if Jeff Sessions a little wrote bit, it. a little it would bit. Be, like we'd be able to hear that it's like. Whoa, I mean, Trump said that Jeff I Sessions was mentally retarded. I. Like, no. like, yeah, that would definitely lead he made me to fun write of his southern accent, which I want to say I when I do my Jeff Sessions impression, I'm not making fun of his southern accent. I am paying homage to his southern accent. Yeah, I you're think making it is, fun of his fucking idiotic. Yeah, beliefs. I think it is a relic of like times gone by. Like, I literally think it's like a Civil War memorial piece. The, way Jeff, Sessions, <laughs> the way Jeff Sessions it is. It's true. <laughs> OK, another possible writer is Dan Coates, mm. who was the director of the National director of national intelligence i think yeah and i wouldn't be shocked if it were him it was pretty embarrassing about two weeks ago when andrea mitchell was interviewing him and in the moment she broke the news to him that putin was going to come to to washington in the fall and he was like that's news to me in front of everyone and meanwhile like that is just so embarrassing dan Coates, i believe because of a lot of these like adults in the room wording like uh, that kind of stuff. Like I could believe I could believe yeah, Coates. I could too. Um, and then another um, theory that I heard on from Rachel Maddow was that it's actually maybe it's the White House just fucking with the New York Times to try to be like, well, this is fake news. They publish anonymous sources and anonymous sources can't be trusted. That could be it. But the New York Times, what I will say is that they were like very... Um, they were like very diligent and they were like, we have verified who this person is. We like, they would lose their job if we put, there's like a big disclaimer at the beginning. And then they also had this like weird thing where you could like ask them questions about how they verified it. But then it's like again, the Instagram questions feature, but for the New York times, <laughs> but then again, maybe that person is like a double agent, you know, right. they were like, I'm doing this, but then like, they're not really doing it. Right. I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, this, I just this feel is like, one of those things that's going to go down in the history Kindles. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the historical Kindle. <laughs> that's, yeah. I mean, it's fucking crazy. It's, I, I think Melania wrote it. So <laughs> I would say so, but her English, I don't yeah. know. It's yeah. a little bit too knowledgeable. It's she also doesn't seem to be like in the weeds enough. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't really think Melania wrote it, but wouldn't it be funny if she did? Yeah. So let's move on to one more thing, yes. which is. 
a little excerpt from the Brett Kavanaugh hearings. Yes, the ongoing Brett Kavanaugh hearings, which are just getting more and more dramatic every day. Every day. Um, So yesterday, so Kamala Harris and Cory Booker are like the stars of this whole thing right now. They're not trying to run for president. Yeah, they're definitely... They're taking they're taking that mantle of like person who's really good at hearings, which honestly used to be Al Franken. Al Franken used to be the like Democrat who would like go in on people in hearings. Now we have two yeah. other options that are, I think, a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Kamala Harris uh, grilled him on Roe v. Wade. She was like, can you think of uh, her moment was like, can you think of a law, any law that governs men's bodies, which was good. Give us a law, any law. Tell us one law. She also asked if um, he, she asked Brett Kavanaugh if he's ever discussed the Mueller investigation with anyone at Mark Kasowitz's firm. Mark Kasowitz is Donald Trump's lawyer. Mm -hmm. He refused to answer and Harris like, and asked her, like, are you thinking of a specific person? And her reply was, I think you're thinking of someone and you just don't want to tell us. Yeah. (laughs) Which is literally like, I can't. I it can't. seemed very much like she was asking a question she already knew the answer to to try to force him into either lying or answering or... Well, pretty much his strategy is just like, I won't answer. I can't answer. That's what all these judges do. And it's kind of like, I mean, I get that they're supposed to be like, I can't say how I would rule on a case or whatever. But I feel like it's like also this like dance we that they're doing. We already know how you would rule on a case because you have thousands and thousands of pages of documents of shit you've written in the past so we already know what you think you're just not saying it in this situation yes so then we have cory booker because uh, so kamala harris is like killing it at the hearing cory booker is like i've got i've got something up my sleeve as well so cory booker basically announced today that he is prepared to i don't think he's actually released it yet no i've seen the email okay so he released it he was like he released an email that was basically considered confidential um, not classified not classified just confidential it was something that basically they were trying to say couldn't be presented to the american public couldn't be presented at the hearing but it doesn't present any danger if yeah. it is released yeah that's something to be clear about because yeah. the republicans i'm sure are like it's dangerous yeah but it's like and part of the reason why he released it was to show like look at all these documents they're keeping from us that actually have no national security purposes at all like this email the subject of it was about racial profiling affirmative action and in it he says that Roe is not settled law even though that's been his like party line throughout all of these hearings where he clearly is like he's like no it's settled but this kind of puts a doubt on that so Booker released this and he like he could face something as dramatic as ouster from the Senate, which he's this. like, that's fine. Then I'll have time to concentrate on my 2020 presidential campaign. Yes. And John Cornyn, uh, read out a rule when Booker said he was going to do this, where he was like, any Senator who discloses the secret or confidential business proceedings of the Senate shall be expelled or dismissed from the Senate. And Booker looked him dead in the eyes and was like, bring it. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I honestly, and I said this to Sammy again off air, if you can believe, uh, <laughs> I don't really think at this point, the way our politics is, I don't think that getting removed from the Senate for releasing confidential documents would hurt a presidential campaign at all. I think it would probably help him. Right. With, Along the, with democratic the fact that he base. used to date Mindy Kaling. I know. They did flirt- they date or did they, they just flirted, flirt? They flirted on Twitter they and it's flirted. unclear if they, they went didn't. on a date, but it was flirtatious on Twitter and I, I do love that. Okay. Well, this, this um, nomination, 
just one one more thing really um is incredibly important he's going to get to weigh in he also has not said that he'll recuse himself from anything related to trump or no. the Mueller investigation meaning that the, if the supreme court ever has to rule if a sitting president can be indicted or if they have to answer a subpoena he's gonna get to weigh in on that which yeah. seems like you're picking your referee in a sports game and yes. then paying them off and then actually thinking that this is going to be a fair game. I mean, literally in what situation can you ever think of where the person, the defendant gets to pick their judge Never. gets to pick the person who rules on their case. It's crazy. This young sure fucking didn't pick his judge. No, like the entire point literally like I'm not, a judicial scholar. Okay, I'm not a constitutional scholar, but I've taken AP US history. And what I'm going to say is like the basically the big point of the constitution is like no one is above the law, not even the president. Right. That's like the that's like the first draft line. Yeah. That was like someone was sitting in a word document and they were like, "Fuck, what are we going to write?" And they yeah. were like, "No one's above the law. Let's start there." Yeah. Like if like if you got like a Sparks notes of the constitution, that would fucking be in there. Yeah. So, it's just I mean, it's really important. So again, keep Call calling your, senator. your senators, especially if you live in one of these states where people are on the fence. Those are red states with Democratic Maine. senators and also... Maine and Alaska. Maine you and Alaska. You guys are really the ones yeah. who like gotta step the Maine fuck up Alaska, right now. It's your time to shine, baby. Take that spotlight. How often do you get it? Not How often. How often do you get it? We will come visit your state yeah. and boost your economy if you call yeah. your senator maine and alaska do it and do then it. also west virginia and like where's heidi heitkamp from north dakota I, I, whatever listen honestly just thing. call if, your senator if collins and murkowski like flipped i think the democrats would all get in line yeah. because they'd be like well i'm not gonna be the one to fuck this yeah. up okay so this has been a fun episode elise yeah. thank you for co-hosting with me wow thank you for co-hosting with yes. me um all right guys until the end of democracy i'm elise Rallis. i'm sammy fishbein and this is the betches sup podcast bye, bye. Batches.